Hi, I'm Elaine Boddy. And I'm David Treadway. And this is the Food God Pod. With Matthew's Cotswold Flower. Today, you find us in Walsall in the UK. And we are visiting the very brilliant Sanjay and Shashi Agarwal. And we are talking about spices. My taste buds are already going. I can, uh, just the thought of the food that awaits us. Uh, <laughs> That's the only reason and, we're here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Some, Sunday morning, no breakfast. No, I'll just wait for lunch. <laughs> then, and we're here because I've always loved spices. It's been a very big part of my culinary journey and my childhood and all of my cooking. And very early on, when I had my food blog and enjoyed Instagram, and I came across Sanjay and I came across Spice Kitchen, connected with them and met them at the BBC Good Food Show. And we've had, um, you know, a relationship ever since, really, whether it's been across food or as a friendship, which is why I asked Sanjay to be a part of this and on our food blog, because he has such a great knowledge of spices. His mum has got spices running through her veins. So we are here to gain whatever tips we can from them. My attitude to spices is probably rather more conservative than yours. Yeah, for me, if people talk about spices or why bother, it's because you can change a dish. You could make the same dish every single day and make it different with the spice that you put on it or put in it. Even just a tiny amount, spices can make such a difference. It's not just about enhancing the flavour of whatever the ingredients you're using, is it? It's also about creating a a different flavour, a different landscape for the food. Yeah, some of it can be to enhance the food that you're cooking, but others is to completely change what that is and take you to another place. You know, you can take yourself back on holiday by adding certain Mm. spices. You know, the smell of cooking and aromas, they can take you on any kind of journey. And spices is a really easy way to take you on a cooking journey to anywhere in the world you want to from within your kitchen. And develop your palate as well. Absolutely. But I think, you know, like I find with sourdough, there comes a fear factor with spices. So what we're hoping today is to gather some tips and ideas from the experts to show people that it can be a lot easier than you think. It's going to be really interesting. And, oh, uh, yeah. and watching Mama Spice at her stove creating these dishes, I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. And we've come, you know, elasticated waistbands at the ready. <laughs> but before we do, we're going to sit down with Sanjay and Mama Spice and find out exactly what brought them to this, uh, this place in their lives, why they're doing it. Uh, my name is Sanjay Agarwal and I am the co-founder of Spice Kitchen. The business was never meant to be a business um, because it started, as I say, founded with my co-founder sitting to the next to me, my mum, gosh, 11 years ago now. Um, and yeah, what started as a little retirement hobby, kind of selling spices online just to kind of keep them out of trouble, it kind of grew really. So um, so yeah, we're we're kind of sitting here now with a with a wonderful sort of spice business where we manufacture spices and spice blends and ship them um, around the world, really, but also um, ship them in sort of gift sets. And yeah, and that's kind of how we connected in the early days, Elaine, over your kind of food blog and love of spices. And it's yeah. um, it's kind of wonderful to be sitting sitting together and recording this. So. Yes. Yeah, so thank you for being on our podcast. So to me, you are 
Spice Boy and with Mama Spice. I know that this is the house that you grew up in. I know from your early days of when you first started this business, you were doing it from home. So I'm taking it that was from this table that all occurred here. Exactly. It was a very uh, out of a kitchen business. It was an idea which came on a Christmas table. I was looking for something to keep myself busy. And uh, the whole idea of selling a spice tin came from Sanjay and said, Mom, why don't you just put your little spice dabba and then start selling those, which was a simple idea, which I thought, and I thought it will never work. But all the other kids, uh, uh, my other two kids even pushed me to do that. And we put our spice tin on eBay on that Christmas day and we got our first order on Boxing Day is trying to run around and trying to put all this tin together um, and all the notes were lick and hand, handwritten notes on the every spices. Labels, yeah. Yeah, all the labels were done by that and uh, yes, we, we, we started uh, mm. selling slowly one one a week or two a week and then it just the whole business started from a very small thing to such a big business. So I, I'm imagining you all sitting here as a family going, go on, put it on eBay, go on, go on, press it, press the button, and loading it up and then going, oh, watching to see what happens. It was sort of like that, but really it was it was my idea to do it. And actually my brother and sister were saying it's never going to work, but yeah, let's do something. Um, so encouraging that we should do something, but not thinking that ever spiced in would sell. So I came up with the idea and almost to prove a point to them and my and everyone, I was like, this, would, this could work. Um, so yeah, I took the picture of mom's tin, ran upstairs, got on the eBay, just put one on my account, which I have like my own personal account. And then it was me who was kind of ran, ran down the next day. Hey, somebody's bought this thing. Um, it was all advertised like we do now with spices included. It wasn't just, so the tin itself is quite a traditional masala dabbar spice tin, which is like a stainless steel tin with seven little compartments inside. Yeah. So it's really useful for storing spices and for organizing them essentially and then cooking with 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 easy access you know mom's an amazing spice maker and we've got a hundred year old spice grinder in the family that mom's inherited and so we've been very used to making blends kind of fresh in the garage actually um growing up so you've been sat here in this house basically filling little packets with the spices to go oh my god thousands tens of thousands and you know, I said in the early days, for probably a good three years, Dad hand wrote every single label of every single wow. spice, like hundreds, because Dad's got the best handwriting and me and Mum haven't. So um, so he was nominated. Um, but yeah, many uh, tens of thousands of spices have been filled here. God, I would hate to think how many. So I'm just going to rewind and ask you to explain what a spice tin would be, what a masala dabba is. So it's a stainless steel tin with seven different uh, compartments in it, small little uh, tins in it. And then you would put all your Indian spices, anything which you need for uh, Indian curry goes in that one tin. Okay. So if you want to make a curry, everything is there in front of you. So you all, all you do is add your spices to your curry and it's just done for you. It so just makes the life easier rather than opening seven different um, little packets or containers or it's all in one place. So you just... When were you given your first spice tin? At my wedding. Yes. Yes. When I came to this country 50 years ago, that was the first thing my mum had given it. I guess all the girls are given one of those tins to uh, take to their when they get married. So I was given because I was coming here to UK. My mum gave me one of those spice tins with all the spices in. 
And was it the round one still? Yes. And I've, have you still got it? Yes. That's my original, the one mum passed it on to me. The one that you've got in your yes, vision? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was my mum's yeah, passed on to me. So when it was given to you, did it have the same spices in that it's got in now? Exactly the same spices. So, so what do you have in your spice tin then? So I've got chilli powder, coriander powder, garam masala, cumin, mustard, mustard seeds and uh, turmeric. Mm. Yes, turmeric. And then you've also got cardamom cloves and Cardam cinnamon. Cloves yeah. and cinnamon in there. Yeah. Okay. But, and there is whole spices. Yeah, whole spices. So six. mum's got six of her powders in, around the edges almost. And then she's got a mix of cardamom cloves and cinnamon in the middle. Those are the basic spices you use for Indian curries. But then on top of that, we do have other spices as well and other mm. blends as well. So if you want to make a special something, then you have to add different different kind of spices. Obviously, Indian spices, there's loads full of the, you know, yeah. cupboards full of spices. Yeah, those are the nine. But these are the nine basic core. Building blocks of, almost. Yeah. Yeah. So you might have curry leaves, you might use fenugreek seeds, you might use fenugreek leaves, ajwan, yeah. you might use ajwan and caraway. So there'd be certain dishes where we would throw in other kind of other spices into it. But yeah. by and large, with those nine, you can pretty much cook everything. If you didn't have curry leaves and say added those into the dish, then it'd still taste amazing. If you've got that selection, if you can, if that starter selection can do so much, you're not going to end up with that waste element then. Correct. Exactly that. And you just keep it topped up as well. So it doesn't replace your spice cupboard or anything like that, but you keep it topped up. And so, as I say, those are the building blocks. But it also just means that if you keep that topped up, whenever you do want to cook curry, you're not thinking, oh, do I have that spice or have this spice? You're not at work thinking, oh, I'd love a curry to cook a curry tonight. What do I have in my cupboard? You know that those building blocks are there. So you just go buy your ingredients and you can go home and but throw surely it together. Well, with the size of the pots that are in your bigger pot, yeah. there's not enough for them to be going... Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So you mentioned blends. Tell me what makes a spice blend. So a spice blend is obviously a combination of single spices and herbs, essentially. Um, and that can range from maybe, I mean, it can range from obviously two ingredients, but I think uh, the minimum our blend in ours has is probably three or four, uh, normally about seven, up to 13. I think our Moroccan Razel Hanout is 13. So it's a combination of those different sort of spices and herbs, obviously each of which has its own flavour. And combined, they obviously are there a blend of spices and have their own unique flavour as well. Um, so depending on how you tweak them and the kind of who the which the keynote spices within it are. So if you take garam masala as an example, the keynotes are going to be cumin and coriander, mm. and they have very distinct flavours. Um, Razel Hanout will have much more kind of completely different angle yeah. based on all the different flavours it has, and even that has rose petals thrown in, for yeah. example, to give it floral nature and then you go through to like a Japanese togarashi at the other end of the spectrum which has sesame seeds in it it's got orange peel in it to give it that kind of real citrusy tones and then all the way through to like something like harissa, the yeah. harissa which has got like chili as the chilies, keynotes yeah. Yeah. so a blend is just simply a combination of, of flavors essentially with all of the ingredients and yeah it just makes livens up your dishes in that way I know from the conversations that I've had and you've probably had the same people get very scared of spices because they don't quite know where to start. So if somebody's new to spices, what do you tell them? I would say to them, do not use too much of it. A learner should only add a little bit and then taste your dish and then add more to it. If you think it's not enough, 
add more to it. Do not add too much in the beginning and make a dish. Mm -hmm. And then you think, oh my God, this is overpowering everything. Use a little bit in the beginning and then develop the whole blends to your taste. Add more if you want more. If you want less, then add less. But that's why there's so many searches on Google of how to reduce the amount of chilli in your dish. Correct, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah because, but people put too much in right from the beginning. Well, it's the same sort of principle, right? So if you add, and, and chilli is quite an interesting one along with salt, right? So if you add too much salt or too much chilli, I would say they're the two really key flavours that as soon as you put too much in, it's very hard to get it back down mm -hmm. and it basically makes it inedible. Mm -hmm. However, if you're cooking a dish with cumin seeds and you are roasting some carrots, as an example, if you put one two, teaspoon or two teaspoons you can't really go wrong, like they're very forgiving. So just be careful about the salt level and the chilli level. So if you're using harissa, which is a chilli-based blend, mm. if you add too much of it, you yeah. are going to burn yeah, your face hot. off. Yours it's very hot. hot. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're using garam masala, making a curry, if you add one teaspoon or a tablespoon, it's going to be pretty forgiving because there's no salt or chilli in it at all. Mm. It's just cumin and coriander and a combination of other spices. So the key is understanding the blend, understanding what goes into them and what they're made from and what they taste like. Um, and again, a top tip would be to taste the blends as they are. Careful off as if it's a harissa. Or to um, actually say, stick your finger in and just taste them uncooked. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's like it goes with all food, right? Just try and taste as much as you can, as often as you can to understand it. Mm -hmm. And if even if you taste the raw spices that go into the blends, if you go and make your own, for example, it could be quite revealing to understand the flavours that are going in, which will eventually end up in the dish and then you'll understand how it transpires so you know if you take like i don't know is that a, like a za'atar and you taste the herbs and you taste the sesame separately you see the quality of those and then you go make your own blend you'll be able to mix the blend in all into your sort of taste palette yeah. um which will obviously get, result in an amazing dish at the end of it i'm sure i texted you one day but i'm sure I'm, when i first realized the citrus element in coriander seeds yeah i remember there being an episode on masterchef australia where they were told that they needed to use a spice or a herb in a dessert and somebody just made a whole set of desserts based on coriander yeah. and suddenly you realize actually yes you can convert it because it's got such a citrus element correct yeah and if you didn't unless you've tasted coriander seeds not the powder stuff yeah if you've tasted coriander seeds on their own you would never really understand that that is a flavor and again growing up with mum you know we've been tasting yeah. stuff and messing around with it but yeah i think it is really really important to do that and you know, it's only going to increase your knowledge. And there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing to worry about. Like, it's not going to taste bad unless you stick a chili in your mouth. So, um, I think people again are scared of that kind of heat level they get from chilies and that suddenly happening with some other spice uh, tasting it raw. So, if you had learner wheels on, what is the first spice you would try using? I mean, that's it's a good, it's a complicated question, really. But um, I mean, people are very, very familiar with salt and pepper, right? And so, I think black pepper is is an underrepresented spice on its own. Yeah, people don't see it as a spice, they, they see it as a condiment. Correct. So, you know, black pepper is really powerful and really amazing and people will understand that flavour and also understand, like, adding more, adding a little bit adds certain amounts and you can add more and you can make peppercorn sauces and all of that. So taking that same sort of concept of black pepper, you kind of want to alter, use other spices in a similar way. So be it cumin, for example, for me. You know, I use a cumin heavily and lots of different things and lots of different cuisines, um, especially when it comes to like roasting vegetables and, mm. and meats actually as well. Coriander, obviously, you know, it's you can do amazing things with obviously coriander seeds. We've talked about being really lemony and then combining it with the kind of fresh coriander leaves. What would be the one sort of spice that you would introduce, Mum, do you reckon to people or tell people to start? Quite a mild blend. 
like a garam masala, which is quite mild, mm. or even um, like zatar for fish, yeah. or even obviously the jerk and the Mexicans are quite heavy on chilies, but even yeah. reza hanout, sort of, you know, a little bit of those in your, even your roast vegetables or yeah. you like a yeah. roast, rub it on your roast. I think, yeah. And to see see mm. what the emperor, how would you like? Well, I think that's it. I think somebody starting out with spices actually maybe go the other way and don't ignore the single spices and go straight to the blends. That probably is yes. the right. And I, I, yeah, I think both ways. For me, it's always cumin. I would mm. say to people, yeah, get your get your carrots, throw some cumin on and roast it and see Honey, what it tastes yeah. like. But then when you come on to blends, so you've just brought out your fabulous first book, your Spice Kitchen book, and I know this is based on blends, isn't it? And so a blend is a mix of spices that's already been done for you, basically. Yeah. So to me, this is a, a great introduction to anybody that wants to try with spices. And when people would say to me, where would I begin? So you've got to think about, if you go out to eat, what do you choose? What is your choice of flavours? If you like Mexican, then start with a Mexican spice blend. You know, if you like Sri Lankan, try the Sri Lankan curry blend. And so that you replicate those flavours as your starting point. Why did you choose the book to be about blends? Is it for that ease of use? For me, I mean, certainly, you know, mum's grown up sort of surrounded by single spices and blending every day and combining them all. But I remember as soon as I became, you know, left the home and went to university, I was just like, mum, you can keep all of those single spices. Just give me all of your fresh blends and I'll take them with me and I'll experiment. If I'm, I'm going to cook at uni, especially in the limited time I've got outside of drinking, I want to uh, make sure it's as quick and simple as possible. So, um, and, you know, you can, it, you fast tracked. I mean, you've taken out 60, 70% of the fear, the nuance and all of that, and you've got, there quite quickly but it also allows you to be really adventurous and really experiment you know like I remember at uni even cooking things like shepherd's pie but I'd chuck in a Mexican or a garam masala and my friends were like what are you doing and I'm like just try this and they were like blown away literally their head was blown off and they were like how can you put Indian spices into a shepherd's pie I was like I've just done it and you're just you're eating it now so that's, who said you couldn't who said you couldn't because <laughs> that's the way mum's always taught me and I remember and this kind of comes back to I remember vividly for years watching Ready Steady Cook with mum because she loves expect loves seeing all these new dishes and trying to replicate it extremely frugal and can turn a few simple ingredients into anything but never cooking very religiously and to the book and to recipe books it's always been very experimental hasn't it so yeah i quite like to try different blends in my uh, same same dishes but different blends yeah like if i'm even making say sweet potato and um, veggies like potato veggies with some onions and some carrots and stuff, I would one day make it into a jerk mix, mm-hmm. jerk blend. And the following day, if I'm making something different, I could just add the Mexican blend in it. Mm-hmm. And the third day, I could just put reza hanout in it. And it would taste different, yeah. but the same dish. So you could make different kind of things with the same ingredients. So that's that's what I like experimenting and doing things. I think I always think people should do it with like a tomato sauce, a tomato based sauce. Have that and try different spices or different blends in that sauce and see the difference it makes. Yeah. So that you can start to have an understanding of the difference that that blend is going to make or that spice is going to make to that base yeah. thing that you know, that base flavour you know. Yeah. You know, even if you took baked beans 
Yeah, exactly. And exactly. you throw some spice into it, throw some smoked paprika into it or some Mexican spice or something like that and change what the baked beans are because you know yeah. what that flavour is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you throw something else into it and yeah. then suddenly learn, mm. right, okay, that's what that's going to do to them. Mm. So maybe that's what it's going to do to this. Kind of or thing. even in your roast vegetables, yeah. like I'm talking about vegetables because I'm a vegetarian. But if you are even making, say, whole chicken, you could rub, rub a little bit of oil and then just put a Mexican on it and the next time when you're making a roast, you could just put Reza Hanout on it. Yeah. So this is the mm. experiment I think people should do. And then that's how they will come to and, know yeah. the different spices. Yeah. I've got blends. about, and there's probably about three or four of the ways that I do test recipe develop and me and mum recipe develop blends and also show customers how it tastes like. So definitely as kind of dry on, you know, in terms of wedges mm-hmm. um, and again, marinating chicken. Yeah, and things. wedges is a good way of doing it. Wedges is a really good way of doing it. The other really good way is popcorn. And so ah. popcorn's brilliant. Um, you do need to add potentially a bit of salt into some of those blends, like garam masala on popcorn doesn't taste very good on its own. But with the salt in, it's it's really cool. And it's a really good way of easily tasting because popcorn's relatively flavourless. The other really, really good one is then using butter or oil or a combination of the two so if you take say flavorless oil so not normally olive oil but like a vegetable oil um, or even like a rapeseed mixing it in then you use that oil in various ways so one is to again you've talked about wedges and potentially um, meat so the another way is to use to make a compound butter so you'd get butter you'd mix it with the with the spice and again you can use that with bread and it's a really really easy way to taste it very popular um, at the moment really popular at the moment with the way that butters are changing also another way of doing it surely would be like roasted nuts exactly what i was going to say yeah. mix it with some oil um, and then roast nuts I mean, I think that's brilliant because yeah. I, I, I'm not a big salt eater anyway. So mm. if I get nuts, I want them raw or just yeah. roasted. But so I think actually if you can take your own and roast them with some spice on them, you know, they like mm. I remember making my own rose harissa yeah. spice nuts. And, and, and they're so pretty, but yeah, anything yeah. else, and they're lovely gifts. Yeah. So, yeah, it's another good way to test out your spices. Really good way. And again, cashews, almonds, peanuts, any of those But you can do all those things as well with a small amount of something. You don't have to be there for yes, sacrificing exactly. your whole dish. Correct. You could just, if you're doing some wedges, just do a, a few that have got a different yeah. spice on or a few nuts so that you can yeah. see what the flavour is. Exactly. I know in the book we've done it with like Razzle Hanout spice nuts, but we're also, with this book as well, trying to say, look, okay, we've given you the foundations using a Moroccan blend, but use any of your blends like we did growing up and just try different flavour combinations. So, yeah. At the moment, I'm on a bit of a, almost kind of what people think of as Christmas spices. So it's going to be cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, maybe a bit of cardamom. Yeah. It's kind of like that gingerbread speculars, mixed spice, mould spices. Yeah, and those bases that can then become, so like in the States, you would be getting your pumpkin spice mix or your apple Mm. pie spice or Mm. something like that. And they, they, they work so nicely in bread yeah. and they work nicely in porridge. Exactly. And all those things. I mean, I yeah, add them to endless amounts. The key thing with blends as well is often it's very rare. I mean, there are some where you've got a very even split of sort of ingredients inside. So there is a punch foreign, which is a Bangladeshi kind of seven spice and Lebanese seven spice as well. Mm. It's actually the same amount of each ingredient. It's like 10 grams of mustard and 10 grams of fenugreek. It's quite unusual in some ways. Most blends are uh, have got like keynote spices. So for garam masala, it's cumin and coriander. And for others, it's like harissa, it's chili. 
So if you understand and you're talking about your kind of Christmas spices, it's going yeah. to be the cinnamon and gingerbread, yeah, which again, big. which yeah. is big. So those are the keynotes. And that's kind of what you're familiarizing yourself with. With just the keynotes with cinnamon and ginger, that is gingerbread, actually. That's originally mm. what gingerbread is. And just to give you an example, uh, now when that's kind of, say in, in, in the Netherlands and Belgium, their gingerbread actually has seven spices in it. Ginger, gingerbread and cinnamon are the building blocks. But then sitting behind that, there's cardamom, there's nutmeg, there's allspice, and there's a whole load yeah. of other ones which ch- alters the blend. But the keynote is the very is much the same. Um, and that's what's really, what, what the fundamentals of spice blends are. It's if you understand the keynotes, you taste them and you familiarise yourself with them, then you can add in loads of other flavours, not to the same extent, to keep the original flavour, but add all these other background hints of food, um, of flavour. Um, and it's just super exciting. And on the flip side, if you know how to make a curry, the methodology behind making that sort of dish, it's then very easy to make other stews or soups or Moroccan tagines, for example. Mm. you just got to change the sort of the spice blend essentially and change yeah. a few of the ingredients but to make the dishes very similar so you know for somebody who can make curries i will say go make a moroccan tagine and they're like oh my god that looks really complicated you need one of these you know pyramid like dishes and i was like you really really don't it's like a very very similar methodology but um, it would be the same if you wanted to make a chili yeah you know it, it's the same basis isn't it i'm the same as you i'm vegetarian so mine would always be like a heavily bean based mm. or something mm. but if you understand what your starting points are yeah of making yeah. any dish like that, yeah. you know, they're yeah. all just stews yeah. at the end of exactly. the day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And even, uh, <laughs> but just they're just driven by whatever the ingredients are in that country. Exactly. And if you know how to cook mince well, or something like as simple as that, you can go to make a bolognese or to make a chili or to make then something like a Moroccan tacos with beef mince. It's actually all very similar. You're just changing the spice level and the methodology and ingredients slightly, but you're pretty much there. You're listening to the Food Bod Pod with Matthews Cotswold Flour, award-winning flour created by farmers, millers and bakers. I'm a massive fan of leftovers. So what would be your favourite thing to do with leftovers? So what I do is when I've got a lot of, say meat, uh, I've got chicken leftover and I've got some vegetables leftover. So I would combine both the things together and make a biryani, which is like a rice and then layer them and then just make uh, another dish out of your leftovers. And that, whenever I've seen biryani, that looks, that, you know, because it's it's a dish of kings, isn't it? I mean, it, it's yes. meant to be quite a complicated thing. It is. You're not shaking compl- your head at me. Um, no, not really. Not especially not the way I've been taught by mum. It's pretty simple. So it's just it, what, it's just yeah, it's yeah. like a lasagna of Indian food. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The lasagna it's of like Indian food. Biryani will never be described or never, <laughs> before or after as the lasagna of Indian food. You know but I, mean, I know what you mean, though. It's got layers. layers. It's got layers. Like, but no, I know what you like mean. It's like a moussaka. But it's as simple to make as one of those, yeah. Okay, so is that what it is? It's, it's, it would be yeah. the layers of the meat and, and rice? And, and, and rice, yes. Boiled rice with all the different layers of different flavours. You could even do two different layers and two different vegetables. You could make a layer of vegetable first and then add your meat on top or the other way around. So you can just make layers of uh, flavours and add just a little bit of butter into it and th- things like that. It's quite simple to make. I mean, for me, I mean, mums, mums are like the most amazing frugal. I mean, the lessons mums taught me, probably forgotten already, but 
you know, there's never going to be a potato that's been kind of boiled or steamed or something that's not getting reused. You know, mum, you make loads of like aloo tikis, for example, oh, which are lovely. like potato fish cakes, essentially. Yeah, if there is leftover potato mash leftover, well, you just make the tikis next and day. And pratas. And then pratas, yeah, you can just stuff the Yeah, but you see, you sit that. there and you go, you just. Yeah, just, you yeah. Just, just, just put some pratas together. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there is mashed potatoes leftover, you just add a few different spices in it and just add a little bit of peas and your onions and your coriander just, in it yeah but mum would also just make samosas you know what i mean if she's got a potato i'll just make a few samosas so if your average person they wouldn't start knocking up but would you make dough. your own pastry for the samosa or you have samosa pastry oh, in i the always freezer? make my own oh. i see mum would i wouldn't i would never make the pastry i did it growing up and stuff but again i don't have the the level of skill and finesse that mum does, but you can use phyllo. You know, you could use phyllo. Yeah, you, you could can use, use even puff pastry if you want to make not a Ooh, samosa. Quite heavy. No, yeah. no, not samosa, yeah. but you can make like a pasty yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. and I do that all the time with leftovers. Um, but also, I make fish cakes. You know, obviously, if you want a mum's vegetarian, but if you want to stick some fish in it, then you made amazing fish cakes. Then, if you get some breadcrumbs of any sort, like panko or whatever, then you can start you know, shallow frying and doing some really cool stuff. But then soups and stews and tagines, I mean... So when I, when I listen to the whole, you just do this and yeah. you just do that, how difficult did you find it to uh, write the book? I think it was quite a job to do all the dishes, uh, come up with well, all these was... recipes, which was just in my head. And, and then putting of, on a piece of paper was... But mum didn't put it on it, actually. Mum didn't put it on the piece of paper because it was never going to happen. Literally impossible. Because this cookbook we've been thinking about for five, six years. I know. Because we've I've been, been talking about you've been telling me. And I've been talking to you and I was like, there's no way I can get these I recipes know. captured from mum because she doesn't cook in this sort of methodical way. And I said, I certainly couldn't do it. But when we did do it eventually, we had an amazing home economist and my content writer. You know, the business is big and I've got a, an incredible team. And they were literally, literally catching the stuff as it was being thrown into a pan by mum because she kept forgetting that. Oh, what, quickly weighing it. Literally, the weighing scale was in between mum and the pan and in a, and a bowl. And they were, th she ha they were capturing it, weighing it, and then it was going into the pan and being cooked. And then over the course of... A few days or a week, few weeks, mum got into the spirit of that. Actually, no, she has to stop between throwing stuff in to get it weighed for a recipe. So the team around her made sure it was all captured. Luckily, mum didn't have to, but, you know, there was no way I could have done it either. Single-handedly. Hence the reason it happened for five years. So. That's amazing. It was incredible. And they had to keep up because mum did 15 dishes in a day and dips and other bits and bobs. It was fast. Because I'm so used to making for a bigger crowd. Like, you know, if I'm making 30 people, that's nothing for me. So I'll just bring a big pan out and just keep on adding mm. things to it and make it for 30 people. If I'm cooking for five or I'm make, making for 30, it doesn't make any difference to me. This is a bigger amount. That's all it mm. is. So have you got some favourite recipes in the book? I mean, these are all our favourite recipes. So there's, so there's this a good is really, 80. This is just like the Agarwal cookbook. It is, yeah. I mean, it's a combination of obviously vegetarian and meat dishes. So all the vegetarian, a lot of the Indian vegetarian dishes are all down to mum. Um, and you can see that kind of reflection in the book. But every recipe in the book only has a spice blend in it. And we actually give away, we've been a big move, but we give away all the secrets to how to make every single blend that we make. There's 14 different blends in there where we show you our way of making it. 
But again, if you've got those blends in the back of your cupboard and you know you bought a Razzle Hanout or Gorra Masala for a curry once and it's gathering dust literally or turning into dust, shall we say, in the back of the cupboard, we want you to get that out, start using it in a kind of maybe authentic way, um, in inverted commas, but also use it in an adventurous way mm. and don't be scared of it and see what it can do and taste it and play with it and have fun really. And really get as familiar with using blends as you are with salt and pepper. So I was once told that the best way to test if your spices have kind of lost their flavour is if they've lost their smell. Mm. So if there's if there's very little smell left to them, there's going to be very little flavour left, surely. Yes, I would say that. If it is very old, yes, obviously you lose the potency. You've got to add a little bit more to it. But they don't go off necessarily. They don't go they nearly, they don't go off. Yeah, yeah they lose their strength. you just got to add a little bit more. But if it is very old, then I would just get that. And also, the other thing to remember is if you've got whole spices, if you've got whole cumin seeds or whole mustard seeds or whole black peppercorns, they will last for years because all of those essential flavours and oils are locked into the kind of heart of that little whole spice. As soon as you grind spices, so you've bought pre-ground, then it can cause problems longer term, short term, medium term. And the other big thing is if you've got a jar at the back of your cupboard that's half full, so it's been sitting half full of spices and half lots of air circulating around it, it's much more likely, and certainly if there's a very 10, 20% left, it's likely to go kind of lose its flavour much quicker. Whereas if you've got a full jar, which is kind of airtight, oh, so there's less air. Less yeah, air. Less the air is the one that kills it. So it's so almost like... put it into a smaller pot if you've got less left. Exactly, or fill it back up or something. But yeah, if you've... You will normally find that. So there's a little bit left, just bin it. But if it's like a full jar or full packet or even vac- almost look more like it's been vacuum sealed because there's not much air in it, it might be might might be okay still. Okay. Um, but again, smell it and taste it and, and see what it is. And normally, again, it's not going to be bad. Spices won't you know suddenly contain salmonella or something which is going to cause any food mm. risk just you might need to use a bit more of it um and something i know we need to move on to doing some cooking but before it goes out of my head so if you've got a jar of spices or a spice mix that's got that's clumped what do you do with it or how do you stop them from clumping because if you've got say like garlic powder correct it can really clump badly yeah yeah what do you do with it if it has clumped and how do you stop it okay so some of the ingredients or some ingredients are hydroscopic, which basically means they draw out the moisture from the air. So garlic powder is one of those. So it's putting in the moisture from the air and it's causing it to clump. But that's literally all it is. It's like almost having a clump of sugar in your sugar thing. You just like kind of almost can can kind of sieve it out, or, dig it out or dig it out and or kind of just break it down a little bit. So, yeah, it's no it's no major problem. It's just called it's just as a hydroscopic, but you can break those lumps up. Um, and obviously, it's, if it's within a blend, it's normally actually a mix of the blend that's got a bit of garlic in it that's caused it to be hydroscopic. So I wouldn't over worry about it. It's not actually causing any problems. So if you put a clump of your spice blend into a, something you were cooking, it's all going to break up. It's all going to break up anyway. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. There's nothing to worry about. Um, right, I'm going to stop us before we just keep rambling on. I'm rambling on about something happily. else. Plus, we have food that we need to make. So uh, I think we need to move on to your kitchen, if that's okay. Sure. Yes. The Food Bod Pod with Matthew's Cotswold Flower, bringing you Britain's largest speciality flower range. Shashi, we're in your kitchen at yep. your hob. Can you tell us, please, what you're going to make for us? We're going to make paneer. Tikka okay. and chickpea curry. Okay, so we're in front of the hob. We've got two pans already in front of us. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be doing this at the same time? Yes. So just to explain for people that can't see what we've got in front of us, we've got two big pans on the hob. 
We've already got some chopped onion. We've got garlic ready to go. I take it this is ginger. ginger. Yes. And we've got some chopped red peppers. And we have fabulous spice tin in front of us. A block of paneer and chickpeas. Would you always use chickpeas in the can? We can use either. The chickpea can is an easier option. I often buy the jars of chickpeas actually. Or oh, you like can the buy jars. the jars, yeah. Okay. Well, by all means, you can and buy the jars. And we've got passata. Yeah, passata, or if okay. you've got fresh tomatoes, you can use the fresh tomatoes. That's a quicker way of doing everything is to use passata or tin tomatoes. Okay, so you, you carry on, you get on with it, and I'll just talk about what you're going to do. So what's the first thing you need to do? I need to just put the, both the pans on, uh, on the heat and use some uh, olive oil or whichever oil you prefer to use, and then just start cooking from there. So this is, I need to explain, this is something that you do without even thinking about it, isn't exactly. it? This is you in your natural <laughs> space. So you carry on and I'll be talking about what you're doing. All right. This is your world. Yes. People can also see us on YouTube, so they'll be able to see us moving around the kitchen and me getting in the way or trying not to get in the way. All right. <laughs> so you've got white onions. Yes. Would you always choose white onions in your recipes? Yes. Some recipes you have to use red to make the color red quite dark but with this recipe the white onions are fine for okay. both these recipes and this is the ginger you've got is that did I see you get that out is that frozen ginger yes that's frozen ginger because I make a big in a big bulk slice it and then chop it in the in, in a, a blender in a blender and then freeze it but I'm using fresh today Okay, so what you would so you would prepare all your ginger basically. Yes, so you would ginger and blend garlic. it yourself and yeah. freeze it. Yeah. And then you can just spoon out whatever yes, amount you like. Exactly. So I, I as we have talked about earlier, you now have a cookbook. And we were talking about this earlier, about the joy of having to actually make a note of the exact amounts that you use. So when you've chopped all this up ready to make these today, did you just go with what you knew you'd want? Yes. <laughs> Best way. But when you're writing a book and you're having to prepare it for a book, you need to be so much more precise. Yes, I know. It's uh, like uh, using two... To, it's all depending on the size of the tomatoes, the size of everything. Yeah. You know, it's very difficult to explain everything. in. But, but it really, honestly, doesn't matter if it's a little bit more or less. Yeah. That's what I find. It's just experimenting. Once you know the quantities, you, it'll come naturally to you. But don't you find as well, I mean, I've always found when I was following recipes that I would follow the recipe initially as it's written so I could get an understanding. And then you can feel your way yeah, and manipulate exactly. and play it. Yeah. Like in my house, my husband loves onion. There's always going to be more onion. Yeah. So therefore you get to know what someone wants. Yes, I am not very fond of the garlic. Okay. So all of my recipes have ginger and onions more then the garlic will uh, so it's up to you what what your taste is you do a, to come to know your own taste and then you can minus and plus whatever you want but i think that also comes with time and confidence you're used to doing this exactly yeah so i think the more that people cook and get yeah. those experiences but you let me um, let you carry on so right we've got onions going to go in yes uh, first you've got to temper your uh, can you tell me what tempering means then? I've seen So this. when you when your oil becomes quite hot, yeah. all you do is just put your um, cumin seeds in. Okay. And when you see them all coming brown, so you can hear that fizzing. Yeah, fizzing. So you let them go brown. Crackle. And then the when you think when when they 
you will be able to smell the yeah I can you can and then just add quickly add your onions in there so by tempering yeah you're bringing the oils out of your spices okay which is quite important that gives you the flavor but you're only putting in those seeds to temper initially, not putting more of your spices in yet. Not, not at this early age, because you'll burn your spices if you put it in the early, uh, early stage. So you're putting your onions, garlic, ginger, everything in there. Once the, uh, you've sorted your uh, onions, they've gone a little bit brown, then you add your ginger and your garlic. I like to add the whole garlic in this recipe because oh, so this is the recipe for the paneer this is the recipe for the paneer but you are um, you're not chopping it up you're not doing no because I don't like it's too strong so you can either leave it in there when once the dish is prepared or I just take it out if people don't like the garlic flavor too much in there okay so you're not going to... Um, so, I mean, I like a lot of garlic, so you could be mincing that to go in as well. Yes, you could okay. mince it. So by leaving like it whole, you're still going to get a mild amount of flavour. Exactly, that's, that's the whole idea. Okay. But then it, it cooks brilliantly in this dish. Even after you, if you don't want to take it out, you can eat it as it is. It will become a lot more flavoursome with all your spices and everything. As you're not cooking the onions too much here, Oh, okay, so you're not waiting for them to brown or anything. They're no. still quite pale yes, now. Yes, they're okay. quite pale. Okay. Then you add your peppers in there. So the red peppers are going in. Yep, the red peppers and are going in. And they've just been chopped into, um, I don't know, inch say cubes. two centimetre inch cubes. Okay. Inch cubes. It smells amazing. You're going to have to watch this on YouTube so you can get a better view of what's going on. So once you're... Um, you, even the peppers, you're not going to cook too much. You want to leave them crispy so you'll cook them for about i would say two three minutes okay that's the maximum and now is the time to add your spices okay so you're adding so this is to add the ground spices now while you've yes got you've got the salt turmeric if you like chilies okay a little bit of chili and then garam masala oh so the garam masala is in now not later yes Okay. Yeah, you can add a little bit now and a little bit when it's all ready. Now so it's time to add your tomatoes in. Okay, so we've got all of the dry elements and then you're going to add some tomatoes. So, you're gonna add so that you don't want to burn the spices. And a little bit of water to it so that the spices don't get burned. This looks good already to me. It smells amazing. <laughs> you add your little water in. Again, carefully measured, I see. Yes. <laughs> I would say about three tablespoons of water. Uh, but that's going to depend as well if you've used fresh tomatoes or cans. And If you're using fresh tomatoes, obviously you'll have to cook the fresh tomatoes a little bit more yeah. than if you use Passata tin tomatoes. But this is ready now. This is the stage when I quickly add my paneer in there. And okay. you cook for literally two, three minutes, the paneer. Once the paneer is cooked, you don't want to overcook it because it goes, it toughens up. 
You said this was a quick recipe. This really is a quick recipe. Literally, I would have taken about five minutes to make the whole recipe. Yeah. Once you've done the pre preparation, chopped your tomatoes and to, oh, your uh, peppers and everything, it literally takes five minutes to make the whole recipe. So the paneer, we've got 450 grams pack of paneer. Yeah. And you're just going to chop it into squares or something or cubes. Yep, cubes. You can leave it long if you want. You want to make it smaller. It's all it depends all up to you how, how you want to do it. Okay, so we're just cutting the paneer straight into straight the pan. Straight into the pan. God, it smells good in here. And then you can add more water if you think it might need might need a little bit more water because paneer soaks a lot of liquid. Otherwise, it becomes quite dense and uh, it becomes tougher. But that must be, if it's soaking it up, it must be taking in flavours as well then, is it's it? It's taking the flavours because paneer is quite a bland yeah. uh, sort of taste. You want the flavours, the water, which is now mixed with spices, you want the paneer to take over that spicy bit in there. So that's it. Now this is done. This is all ready. That's it. That's it. This it is, is no, you're going to cover it for two minutes. Okay. Uh, leave it in the pan for two minutes. Let it cook on a full heat. Let it boil. Yeah. And that's it. Then it's done. Done. Excellent. What we're making next? We're making the chickpea curry next. Right. So we've got the pan on. Yep. So again, you're going to temper. Temper your. Um, Cumin is this seed? to make sure that they they're in there and they they cook so you haven't you're not biting into an uncooked seed, or is it to no? Flavor it's just the to oil? get the flavor, of the oil, and get the best out of your uh, cumin seeds. You can even use roast it in a dry See, pan. I always roast cumin seeds because I like the the flavor from that. I think yes. it's better. Yeah. Okay. But then if you're cooking something wet, then you've got to temper it in your oil, and then add. Okay, so it's to add some flavour to the oil, but also get the most most out, out of, of your, your seeds. cumin seeds. Yes. Okay. Would you do that with any other spice seeds? Yes. Every all the seed spices, like even if you're using mustard seeds, okay. I do the same thing with that as well. Any whole spice you use, you have to temper them to get the best out of them. Okay. So we've got the onion in the pan with the cumin seeds. So with this onion. Are you going to cook it down anymore? Are you going to be similar yes, to the other Yes, this will be cooked down a little bit more. And then I'll explain as I go along what I'm going to do to this um, okay. onions. So we've got garlic going in this one as well? Yes, garlic will go in there. But this time I'm going to crush the garlic. Okay, so you've got a mortar and pestle. So it's like just to get some of the flavour out of it. And I find that if you add a little bit salt to your garlic, at this stage, it crushes better, quicker. Okay. So the garlic is done. I think there's not much nicer than the smell of cooking onions. Oh, you've got to like literally caramelize these a little bit more okay. to a little brownie stage. So that was the seeds popping just then. That's okay. The seeds aren't going to get burnt or anything. No, because once you put your onions in, it, the temperature drops down very quickly. Okay. And it'll it'll never burn. You've got to keep still an eye on it. And if you think they are burning and you're not ready for the next stage, just add a little drop of water and right. it caramelizes your onions even better. Okay. And it will evaporate. The water will evaporate quickly and it won't 
it will slow the procedure down a little bit, but it won't burn it. Okay. So that's a little tip. Always, when you see the onions are browning too quickly, just a, a little of drop of water helps. Now you can add the ginger and the garlic to your onions. So the ginger paste is going in, garlic paste. You can, at this stage, you can even use the green chili paste, which I've got it in my freezer again. Um, that is quicker. a chunk of green chili yes. paste. Yes. That looks like a big chunk to me. It's, You've got to see because I know from there is a big chunk, but this chili I know my so you know taste by now. Yeah. I know the brand, it's not very hot, that's why I'm adding a big chunk to it. So now all my turka is ready, which I call turka, which is onion, ginger, garlic. You call that's it what? ready. A turka. Turka. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's that right. is You're your starting. base. Yeah. That's a base of any curry, is right. that. Either it's meat or chickpeas or any any. So that's your, your base, onion, base, garlic, onion garlic, ginger. ginger. That's all done. So again, I'm going to put um, turmeric. So we've got all the spices going in. Yeah. But again, you're just doing it by eye. You're doing it by what you know you want in it. Exactly. Yeah, which is brilliant. So this time I'm just going to add a little bit garam masala. Yeah. Salt. Because I've already added the chilies before, yeah. so I'm not going to add any more chili. I'll taste it and then add my chili. Okay. The tomatoes going We've got in. Tomato pasta in this one. Yeah. And a little bit of water, so that your onions don't burn and your spices don't burn. So that looks great already. The sauce smells amazing. So at this stage, some people don't like their uh, big jumps of onions in there. They like to crush this down, yeah. make it into a paste, yeah. and then add the chickpeas. Yeah. That's what I would do now. So do you tend to put a stick blender into the pot? Yes, you could do either the stick blender or you can just put it in a blender. And then a little bit of water is going in there as well to make it a little bit runnier to get it into your blender so you're going to blend this down to make it a smoother sauce yeah what kind of curry would you be making where you'd leave it like this and not blend it down again it all depends on your taste if you like your onions uh, quite chunky yeah if you want to make your curry quite thick and nice like a not too runny yeah then i would blend everything like okay. if i'm making a chicken curry with same spices, same everything, I would blend it down. Okay. Now our paneer is ready. Right. You can switch that off. Okay. So just okay. running the stick blender around the pan, adding a bit more water. Yeah. Lovely. Say you were making this and you've made it too runny, how do you thicken sauces for curries? I normally use is the seeds like uh, sunflower seeds. You can just add that to your curry which is obviously good for you or pumpkin seeds or even ca cashew nuts. 
obviously you're the, grinding them you're putting them yeah in no 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 you're grinding them the makeup oh, okay. powder yeah uh, as you can see i've got this so you're using them like a, ver a flower version but you would yes. do it with seeds or so uh, i've got some already made here so what's in so there? So this is sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds. And you've ground them ready to go? Completely grounded and I've always got okay. this ready used to. And some cashew nuts in there. So if you want to thicken your thing, you can add the seeds to it. And that will increase obviously your taste in your curry you're making. And it's obviously good for you. Yeah. All the seeds are good for I've you done, Sometimes I've done it with um, almond flour, ground almonds. Yes, you can do that as well. Okay. But I, I use them because... Sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds are good for you and they're cheaper, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and for me, therefore, that would also add some extra protein with yes, it being exactly. vegetarian. So we've got the two cans of chickpeas have now gone into this mix. So the sauce looks amazing. Everything smells amazing. You can make, obviously, in a big quantity and then freeze your tarpa, which is your base sauce. And then whenever you want to make any dish, your whole thing is already ready to be used. So if you always have a base sauce, so your tharka, which will already have a certain amount of spices in them, you can always add other spices and change the flavour as you go along. Exactly, exactly. Okay. You can do that as well. So your chickpea curry is basically now ready. And this now needs simmering? That needs simmering about 10 minutes. So, and then you can just garnish it with the coriander and that's it, your recipe is done. So we've got the lid on and just simmering for 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So two dishes are done. Yeah. Brilliant. Shashi, whilst things are bubbling away here, can I just ask you about the pans? Because you've cooked everything on quite a high heat. Is that because you've got nice heavy-duty pans? Yes. Okay. I always use a heavy pan because it just doesn't burn your... And then you can cook it quite fast on a very high heat. So you would always use a heavy-duty heavy pan. pan? Yes. Okay. And we are now at the point where you're telling me that we need to have a taste. Yes. So if we both taste this sauce... Can you tell me what you taste in it, as opposed to what I might taste in it? All so, right. Sashi's just thrown some uh, chopped coriander over things. So you put that in now. You're not putting it in when you're going to serve it. You can because now it's ready to taste. You've got to, the food has got to look right to even taste. Okay. That's what I find is you've got to have an end product looking to what you want. So if we're just going to try a bit of the sauce, what do you think? Well, to me, it tastes great. So but what do I you would, taste? What do you think it needs? I think everything is fine, but I need is a little bit of um, lemon in there. Just mm. give that. So it lifts it a bit, yeah. But just tasting the paneer dish at the moment, so just tasting the sauce from it. So you're going to add that little sour element. Yeah. And maybe uh, a little bit of sugar as well. Sugar? Yes. So why are you... Lime, you whenever you add lime or lemon... You've got to sort of balance it out with a little bit of sweetness to it. So you've just squeezed half a lime over the top of the paneer dish. And, and now you're going to put a bit just of sugar a over the top. a little bit of sugar. And would you stir that in or you just leave that sitting mm, on the top? No, you can stir it in. 
or you can leave it as it is. Now taste and tell me what you think. Oh God, this is scary. <laughs> so I want to get a bit that's got what you've just added to it. Mmm. Yeah, it does lift the flavours. Or you can leave it if you think that was the, that was no, no, good no, enough. No, 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 but I can see what the, um, the lime has done. This you can use it as a barbecue dish as well. I was going to try a bit of the paneer, but that's a big chunk. I don't want to eat all of it. David's got to be allowed to have some. Well, there's plenty here. All right, so I'm going to try another bit. Mm. You do get a little bit of the lime and the sugar, don't you? Mm. Obviously, I didn't add too much sugar in it. It was only, yeah, it's only a little, a thing little to, uh, pinch of, I would say. To offset of. the sourness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So the chickpea curry is still bubbling away. I just try a couple mm. of chickpeas with the sauce. Now this one, I would, according to me, would need a little bit more salt in it. Again, that goes with taste, doesn't it? Because for me, I would say it was all right, but I don't add a lot of salt to things. Yeah, I would add a little pinch of more salt. You must have such an advanced palate nowadays. I guess, I don't know. I think uh, sometimes my husband says, oh, you've added this much too much, but I just cooked with my palate and then when the kids are around, then I try to make everything quite mild. Right. Because okay. they've got, obviously, the grandkids have got a lot milder taste, less more. Now, now you can see in this, there is not that much of chili in there. Yeah. You mm -hmm. think there's not a lot of chili, but I can taste it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your version of not a lot of chili is probably a bit different from mine. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> my palate is obviously with chilies is quite high. It's not, it's not too strong, but I can, I, I can taste it. Yeah. I'm just going to have a little so, drink. So when, you, when, you're, when you're having Indian food, <laughs> especially when you've prepared it there and then, but you'll see the next day, the, the, if leftover curry, next day goes milder because it's soaked all the chilies oh, in but there. But I think next day curry is the best. I yeah. like it the next yeah. day. The next day curry. Yeah. After she'd finished preparing these wonderful curries, Shashi then went on to demonstrate how to make naan and roti breads. Now, as we've heard, Mama Spice never weighs her ingredients. She does everything by instinct and from experience. So it's difficult to bring you the exact recipe for the naan and roti breads or to write them up exactly for you on the website. However, we did record her making them and me being in the kitchen and trying not to get in the way. So you can watch her making the breads on our Food Bod Pod YouTube channel. So you can hear how she does it, you can watch how she does it. And believe me, it's worth watching. Plus there's lots of chat about food and other tips coming through. But there's also a recipe for naan breads in their Spice Kitchen recipe book that you can use as a basis for making your naan breads. And one of the flours that Shashi used was the Matthews Cotswold plain flour. And because this is made from a blend of the highest quality soft wheats, it produces a lovely fine flour that is rich in flavor and gives the consistency that you would want in flatbreads. So these flatbreads are foldable because of the lovely soft flour that's being used in them. But this plain flour is also perfect for making pastries, cakes, shortbread, sauces, and lots of other sweet and savory foods, including these wonderful breads that Shashi has made for us. 
so do watch please keep in mind it was rough and ready it's just us in a home kitchen chatting and cooking as we go but i think that you'll love it us in the kitchen doing this together well david it's another very lovely sunday in the uk for you and i because we have full bellies <laughs> a food that someone else has made for us. <laughs> is this the only reason why we do this program? Yes. So we can get fed. <laughs> it is. It's in the small print. Um, this has been amazing. I mean, being in the kitchen with Shashi is just amazing. She, she just dances around the kitchen. It was amazing yeah. to watch her. Amazing to watch how she didn't necessarily plan what she was doing, but things came to her. So she go and get it from the cupboard and chuck a bit in. Oh, um, which is, to me, that, that's the beauty of it. That's what cooking should be. Yeah. If you're being guided. Inspired, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, be guided by the dish, be guided by your taste and what's going on in front of you. Start with a plan and let it evolve. I'm hoping that there's enough being caught on YouTube for people to be able to see what she's been doing. I think... It uh, was a bit, you know, we're a bit round the corner, so hopefully people can see and just get an idea of what went on. But the main thing I think to take away from all of the conversation, the cooking, all of it, is have a go. Absolutely. Um, Start it, with blends and have a go. certainly in, inspired me to use spices far more. And I, I think the recipe book looks amazing. Looks it's lovely. just got so many good, and especially for people who, like yourself, who don't want to eat meat, a vegetarian. Indian cuisine, of course, yes. is Based Easy for on, vegetarian. Based on vegetables. So yeah. Remember when um, my wife and eldest daughter Becky were in India and Becky at that time was a vegetarian. You know, she just ate so much good vegetarian food. The same when my younger daughter Meg was there. And, you know, they came back inspired yeah. to try and recreate some of those dishes. I'm not sure we ever got to that point, but certainly the Spice Kitchen recipe book looks a, a, a great way to get there. It does, and I'm so happy for Sanjay. We've talked about this for so long, and it's been something he's wanted to do for so long. So, it's, it, you know, it's lovely to see it. It's a lovely collection. It's a collection of, of colour. Yes. It's colour yeah. in your kitchen, in your food, in yeah. your taste buds. Yeah. It's, you know, that's what it brings, mm. which is what, you know, our food should be. Yeah, lovely. And I tried to be polite and I, I stopped eating before I was really ready to, but I could have kept on going. <laughs> <laughs> and all the recipes are on the Food Bob Pod website. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to the next time when we're together yes. and uh, some, more, some more great food. But if you do get spicy, if you do have a go, please do let us know what you're making. Feel great. free to find our Facebook page, post the things that you've been making. Let us know if you've tried the recipes. Give us some feedback on the blogs, on the recipes, on all of it. We'd love to hear from you. So it's foodbobbod.com for the website and foodbodpod on Facebook. Facebook. And on YouTube the same, the Food Bob yeah. Pod. Just find us everywhere. Okay, so until next time, it's goodbye from me, David Treadway. And me, Elaine Body. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.